This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. And here we are as the week goes on with surprising news in the NFL. We've got still, what, a week and a half, more than a week and a half till the Super Bowl. I'm seeing more and more stuff about who's going to be there, guys. Dr. Dre, I think, is going to be there. Might see him walking around Vegas. Oh, man. Looking forward to it. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on the... Wait, we are on... On, on those are things, we right? On those things? Yeah, we are on those right today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Just I, making sure. I can see in here. Yeah, yeah. we just don't and have anything in front of us. Coast. Just the day that ends in Y. The buzzing in my ear is great, though. I'm looking forward to that for four hours here, too. So, oh, this is fantastic. Tyrese Halliburton going to be back, though. That I'm really excited about is watching is that, Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know what he was wearing. Is it was, that fur on yeah, his elbows? It was something. There was something going on, Trista. I'm not sure what it was, but nowadays. When guys are walking in these player arrivals into arenas, it's not about real stuff you'd wear in real life. It's like watching one of these fashion shows at Passion or Paris Fashion Week, yeah. and you're going, people don't actually wear this stuff. It's all just for show. Yeah, and I really do want to take Tyrese Halliburton aside and let him know, <laughs> hey, it's not working for you. The league fits <laughs> that you're putting together. You either need a stylist or you need to fire your stylist and hire someone else. Hire Shea Gilgis Alexander's stylist. It's bad. Kim Kardashian? Isn't that uh, SGA stylist now? Isn't he? That's Spanx. He's no, that's team. just this, Skims. Yeah. Skims. 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 That's Spanx. Yeah. He's not Skims. part. Yeah. Remember when, uh, really quickly, remember when Skims initially was called, I was something that was being, had like almost, I think it was, um, what is that? Kimono. It was called Kimono. And they were like, I'm sorry, you can't call your brand Kimono. Yeah. Is that what it was called, yeah. really? Yeah. Kim Ono. Oh, I see what get they it? did there. And they were like, I no, no, it. that's appropriation. And she was like, why? Why is that appropriation? Yep. And they're like, well, because they're like Kimono. You get it like a traditional garb yeah. for Asia. And she's like, no, I don't get that. I just Kim Ono. Yeah. Uno, Ono. Yeah. Kim, get it? She reached a $1 million uh, settlement with the SEC on that. Did Not she? the SEC that's what like it was, we're watching right? up Kimono? here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what it was, though. I yeah. still have things in my brain sticking. That was impressive. Thank you. I do not even remember that story at all. Then again, when it involves the Kardashians, like it involves the royal family, it tends to just go in one ear and out the other, and I just don't pay attention. Skims is so. the real deal, though, I will say, guys. Um, one time, me and my son spent two hours and forty-five minutes inside of Skims, searching for searching <laughs> for Skims. Yeah, for my wife. For some reason, she like really wanted the workout gear for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, yeah. I like to meet. It was a hot Elmo. item. Uh, two Mother's like, Days pick, ago. Like tickle me Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> How about Elmo? Getting wild on the gram, on the X, too. How about Ben Johnson? I don't want to talk about it, guys. Not wanting to move to Washington, D.C. I don't want to talk about this. And I, let me I, say I, I don't blame him. Ben Johnson or Skims during Mother's Day? Clearly Ben Johnson oh. because he wants $15 million. He's now on the list, guys. Ben Johnson is on the list. He's public enemy number one in D.C. Ryan, would you pay Ben Johnson $15 million a year? Yeah. Yeah, that's I what would I not. would, too. I would yeah, not. I would. I've yeah. never seen him as a head coach. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not doing it. I would. 
You know, I did see, though, one thing that's kind of concerning. Did you know that his role model is Adam Gase? That's his mentor. Uh, that whoa, crazy eyes. Whoa, that's whoa. C. C, guys. That, 15 mil. That's that, a lot for someone that looks fair, up to Adam Gase. Fair point, Nick. Like, 15 mil. We know he's a good play caller, a great play caller. We know he can script a game, but we don't know if he's a good head coach. And we just saw this with Arthur Smith. I'm not comparing the two, but I'm kind of excited for the Steelers, especially when Matt Canada has gone, not calling plays anymore. Now it's Arthur Smith. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a very good head coach, but I think he's a solid play caller. Yep. So, I mean, I'm with you. $15 million is a lot of money, but if you're the commanders and you have a ton of money and you're looking to, you know, Man, really just like kind of like rebuild the That's entire organization. Your salary cap. You That's might true. as well spend. Like you're bringing you're building a new stadium. Yeah, what else are you going to get? You're trying to remove the stink of Dan Snyder. Bobby Slowick's not coming any, going no, anywhere and either. Bill Belichick. Bobby Slowick wasn't as high on their radar. Uh, he has le- obviously less experience, just a, an offensive coordinator for one year. So I talked to a couple people today. It sounds like Mike McDonald's number one on the list now. They want to poach him from the Ravens. And after that, Maybe getting scraps. And that's that's part of the problem here, right? We talked about this yesterday where you look yeah. at the Lions and go, did the Lions already peak? If they lose Ben Johnson, we don't know what that offense is going to look like, just like we saw in Philadelphia, just like we've seen you know, in Atlanta back in the day when Kyle Shanahan left time and time again. We've now seen that yeah. offensive coordinators make a massive difference, especially in today's NFL. This benefits the Lions. You get Ben Johnson back for another year. But if you're Washington and you're Seattle, the last two teams that are looking for head coaches, you're now scrambling. Now, I think Dan Quinn was maybe going to end up being the guy in Seattle anyway, and that could still happen. If Dan Quinn and Washington people are not going to be happy, and this ownership group wants to make a splash, they don't want to look like they're anywhere close to what we used to have in the last ownership group with retreads, bad decisions, Ben Johnson was supposed to be the guy. The organization was surprised yeah. because they were on a flight to go talk to him and Aaron Glenn when the news broke that Ben Johnson was going to stay in Detroit. If That's how this went. If you want him for went. five, then you want him for 15, honestly. It really does. If you want him, you want him, right? It doesn't matter. You're going to have to pay him for three, four years. Then don't do the D'Amico thing and pay him for six years. Say, we'll put Ben Johnson on a three-year, $15 million yeah. a year contract because now you kind of look like your, your thumb's up your butt. I think this is actually a great move for Ben Johnson, too, totally. when you think about it. Like, look at how this season ended. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing, if I was an owner, an owner, if I was a general manager and I was doing the interview with Ben Johnson, I know we're all crushing uh, Dan Campbell right now, but I would also ask, why the hell did you run the ball on third down knowing that you guys were going to have to burn that time out? You know what I mean? Like, as mm-hmm. much as we're killing the head coach, we should also crush the play caller, who's the genius, who's asking for $15 million. I think this is... I, I would have wanted the commander's job because you have the number two overall pick, which yeah. is most likely Drake May or Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. and you kind of you know get to shape the roster the way that you want. The NFC, I definitely want to coach in the NFC. I don't want to go to the AFC with all those coaches and all those quarterbacks. So if you think about it, though, I, I like the move for him because you go back to Detroit, and now you're probably not going to skip a beat as long as he's there. He obviously believes in Dan. And now if... Dallas doesn't win a Super Bowl, which I don't think any of us expect them to, or Philadelphia doesn't get the job done, and Nick Sirianni's out, or Mike McCarthy's out. Now Ben Johnson gets one of those jobs, mm-hmm. you know, where you already have your quarterback, ben you have Johnson, a roster that's built to win right head now. Coach the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that sounds. God, like that would piss plan. me off if he doesn't go to Washington and then a year Jerry he goes to Dallas. 15. Well, he's Jerry definitely going somewhere next year, unless he goes back to Detroit and Goff goes back to being like, you know. Year four golf or year and, one golf. And listen, that is something golf. that he has to think of. I mean, 
look, he's, he's going to go into this, obviously, with the confidence that he can do what he does and what he's done the entire time. But that is the risk you run, right? If there's a certain point where your stock starts to drop a little bit, I don't think he's at that point, but there's always that risk. I, I, would, I would doubt it with him, but you talk about how great this is for Detroit. Let's give Dan Campbell some credit because this is a guy that everybody buys into. Yeah. And it's just such a great example of if you're in a leadership position in any industry, whether it's sports, whether it's marketing, whether it's a sports network, whether it's a sports media company, whether it's sales, uh, how you treat people will show how much loyalty and dedication you'll get back in return. Isn't that the truth? Everybody buys in to Dan Campbell and what he's doing because of the way that he treats everybody in that organization. We see all these videos. Oh, man, I just good love dude. you guys so much. I just believe in you. But you know what? They love that, and the team is winning, and they've responded to it. He became, right, it was, is he a coach or just a leader of men? Well, if you have good coordinators, good football people around you, and you're the CEO, you're the VP of the team, whatever the fake title you want to give him, and everybody's buying in to his message, and he's delegating in the right way, then that makes him a good head coach. There's different ways that you can be a leader. Dan Campbell has shown that this is the perfect way that you should be in any spot. You get people to buy in. You treat them with respect. You show that you believe in them and the group and what you've built. And you're going to get that loyalty in return. And people are going to buy into what you've tried to build. And they're going to want to be there for the long term. And they're going to want to build something great. And that's what you're getting in Detroit right now. And that's because of Dan Campbell. He's the ultimate general contractor, yeah. right? Like, he can do things managing people that do all kinds of different roles and responsibilities, and he gets them all working together. He keeps them motivated, figures out how to put the right pieces together. Or you could call him, like, DJ Khaled. Like, DJ Khaled doesn't make beats. What does he actually do? He, Not just Dan. Like, he just, just like yeah. Dan Campbell, he We're puts the th these guys together. So, like, yeah. he'll call up Drake. He'll call up Justin Bieber. He has a producer, and he's like, this <laughs> song... Sounds good with Drake, Justin Bieber, and Quavo. Are you guys in? He makes the calls. He gets them all in a room. He hypes them up. Dan Campbell is DJ Khaled. We the best music. Like, say, <laughs> they don't want us to get another one. So we made another one. Like, that's Dan Campbell in a nutshell. And right that's there. leadership, though, yes. right? Like, it doesn't, like, everybody thinks that you've got to be Andy Reid and be able to be a great play caller still. And call, like, you don't. You can delegate and have smart yeah. people around you. The risk with that, obviously, is if you lose that talent, if Ben Johnson had left, eventually he's going to be a head coach. Then the question becomes, are you able to fill that spot with somebody else that's prepared and ready to go? It didn't work in Philadelphia. At some point down the road, that's going to have to be the decision they make in Detroit. And, and maybe Nick Sirianni's just not a good DJ college. He might not be. No, I'm pretty sure he's not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's, you know, he just needs to be surrounded by the smart people. And he's kind of an ass, too, like Nick Sirianni, compared to Dan Campbell. Yeah, you've never heard anybody with a bad thing to say about Dan. You know what I mean? Like... I think that kind of talks, that speaks about his character, that nobody's ever came out and been like, man, Dan Campbell's actually a jerk, or this is fake. Everybody's like, no, he's really like that, yeah. man. He's real. That's who he is. Yeah, with Nick Sirianni, you don't get that. I, I actually kind of stood up for Sirianni. Like, I like that he was a little cocky, but, you know, then you watch the offense and everything just completely changed. You're like, oh, no, Shane Steichen really was that good. Yep. And then when they beat Kansas City and he was running in the tunnel, 
And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're the head coach, man. Like yeah. you're the you're the leader of men, and you're acting like this. Yeah. Damn so it. it's. I mean, listen. Th- this was a massive surprise today, but now this is a Lions team that can ro- run it back another year. Yeah. You know what? You're depressed. You know, you thought that you were oh, getting Ben Johnson I, as I your play caller today, and head guys. coach. I, my jaw but dropped when I saw the news. I thought as a Packer fan that the division would be ours for at least the next two years until Caleb Williams ultimately becomes the next Patrick Mahomes or whatever happens in Chicago. I was like, Detroit's going to go back to being Detroit. They're going to regress, or they're going to be the where the offense isn't going to be the same, obviously, without Ben Johnson. And then we'll see what happens, who else they lose. But then it's like Dan Campbell and a bunch of ex-players on that staff. Like, who's going to replace Ben Johnson? I thought it might be like Antoine Randall, and that just doesn't really move the mm-hmm. needle for me. Now, with him going back, that team all coming back, all those dudes are only going to get better. Sam, somehow Sam Laporta probably gets better, and he broke every single tight end rookie record. Gibbs is going to get better. That offensive line, they should have won that game if they just stuck with what they were doing and weren't so aggressive. But it's hard to crush them because that's what they did all season long. I'm excited for Lions. Curious to see next year if Dan Campbell goes for it on fourth down as many times as he did this year. I think he will, too. Maybe take the field goal, go up 17 against the frickin' Niners when you're on the road and they're the number one seed. Or just just don't run the ball on third down. Just a little more selective in your aggressiveness, you know? I think that's the best way to look at it. But, yeah, I mean, so now we're down to the last two teams in Seattle and Washington. You're not going to hear Bill Belichick. The surprising thing is... He might be coming here. Haven't heard from... Oh, I don't know. They, they don't want any. They don't want anything to do with him. He's 71 years old. He's going to want too much control. You just hired the, the... At least, listen, at least in Washington, you got the number one GM candidate that was out there in Adam Peters. He's not going to want to have to fight with Bill Belichick, who looks at the NFL like it's 20 years ago still. I yeah. would just call up Mike Kafka, and it's probably two years too early. But like that, mm-hmm. that yeah, I would do something like that over obviously Bill. But yeah, I, I can I, see that being a possibility, though. I mean, maybe there's a Vrabel situation here now, but the question becomes yeah. like, are, I mean, what are you doing? Is does Eric Bieniemy stays the offensive coordinator? Does he want his own staff? Like, if you're gonna wait for a guy and you think you got him, and then last minute things like this don't happen, you're left scrambling now. Why not and, just promote Eric Bieniemy? I mean, maybe that ends up being what they do. I I honestly don't have not heard his name mentioned in anything at all. Like he's has not even been looked at as somebody that's really being considered for that spot. And I don't. Do you think I could apply? I think you could right now. You Ryan, go ahead at this point. I get wing. I get Drake May. You could. And I get Terry McLaurin. Oh yeah. I just need somebody Ryan? to run the defense. Who do you think I maybe Bill could come and run the defense? I'm sure Bill Belichick would love to be a defensive coordinator Under at 71 years. Under Ryan shocking Horvath. development here in What's DC. Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight <laughs> becomes the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. He keeps yeah. Eric Bieniemy as his OC and shockingly Bill Belichick has signed on to be his defensive yeah. coordinator. I would support you as the head coach. I'd say Bill you, you, I would say, hey, are you still coming in at Bill, seven you haven't or? been relevant for a decade, bud. You haven't been relevant since Tom left yet. No. Uh, I it, I don't know, man. I, I still think that that's a really attractive job, Washington. It's it in is. the NFC, and you have the number two overall pick, and you, you have talent. You know, Who and, would you take? Like, right now, if you're the commanders, who's out there that you say, besides Kafka, like, who who is the home run hire that is available? Mike McDonald. Yeah, Mike, Mike McDonald, McDonald is probably. still really looked at as that guy. And the way that he ran that defense, just, the question just becomes then, you know, what are you going to do about offensive coordinator? It still goes back to that. If you're going to have a young quarterback, I would prefer an offensive-minded head coach with a young quarterback because it just makes sure you have continuity if you've got a good offensive well, coordinator that leaves for a job. Found a way. 
Yeah, but how long before Bobby Slowick leaves? I know right. they gave him a deal, but guys can leave when they get a new deal. And he was already interviewing for jobs this year. So what happens to C.J. Stroud once Bobby Slowick leaves? That's the issue that you, you have as opposed to an offensive head coach, Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, where you're doing the head coach's system. You're handling that. That offensive coordinator's got to buy into it, and it keeps the continuity for a young quarterback, which can make or break, I mean, their entire career. Jim Root on some college hoops next. Bet MGM the night. Cryer, probing, jumper, Cryer, wouldn't fall, but the flush from Tugler. Oh my goodness. We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. You know, they say good teams win, but great teams cover. Doesn't always happen that way, Trista. It's true. Not for, not for my team. The Houston Cougars. What a bad bet. PJ told me to stay away from it, and I was like, but I get a boost. But I get a boost. You did mention that last <laughs> night. You're like, this is what's going to sucker me in, is boost specifically for a game. It works. It they closed at four and a half, they, right? Yeah. It closed oh. at five. Five? Okay. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I was getting the best at the number because it went from six to five. And then, uh, and then no, I did not. It, it went to die. I thought we would win in overtime team was up by th- never mind nobody cares it was just <laughs> uh real quick because we didn't before we get to jim we didn't get to it last segment with all the the ben johnson news anything you guys want to give out nba or otherwise still yeah really quick about eight minutes from now nicks me and ryan i think have a good old-fashioned show bet mm-hmm. we uh, had that last night yeah nicks minus four and a half uh, against the utah jazz utah came out flat against the nets colin sexton was terrible keontae george was pretty good scoring-wise, but he was a negative 26. Both teams are on back-to-backs. The Knicks are at the crib. MSG is a tough place to play. 13-2 and two against the spread. The Knicks are with OG and Anobi, and they're 13-2 and two straight up. So, obviously, this will be the game that the Utah Jazz snap it against the sp- spread streak. So I took the Knicks at home, but I'm I'm a little bit worried about it. Yeah, that's not my favorite one. I like Boston quite a bit, actually, tonight. Even at 7, 7.5 against Indiana, they're at home in this game. Second night of a back-to-back for them. No Matherin, though, for the uh, Pacers. Everybody's going for Boston except for Al Horford, which is fine with me. So I took the Celtics tonight. And that's all I got in the NBA. Yeah, a couple of props for me I'll just throw out there. Jalen Brunson over 7.5 assists. The Jazz allow double-digit assists to opposing point guards. It's a great opportunity for any point guard that's out there against Utah. I think that number's gone up a little bit, though, so try and find a 7.5 if you can. Also, Josh Hart taking advantage of Julius Randle not playing. Uh, 12 points, or sorry, 12 rebounds and 7. Yeah, 12 and 7, uh, so I took the over 12.5 uh, points and rebounds for him. There you go. If I could spit it out, that would be great. Uh, but it's there a Tuesday, you, go. you know, it is. Well, I'm distracted you know because Ben Johnson Tuesdays, is. I just suck. Yeah, I, I just saw another thing on Twitter about how he literally let the team know. He let the team know that. Uh, yeah, in flight. I, I just I saw that and went, oh my god! Like it just. So he's on the list. You can't mourn what you never had. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Like Guys, that. I will move on. I'm a professional. Luckily, our buddy Jim Root jumps on with us now. Three-man weave. Uh, we mentioned that Houston game a little bit, Jim. Uh, did you learn anything new about that Houston team at all after what we saw last night? Or did you kind of just reaffirm what Houston already is? Especially with Kelvin Sampson saying after the game that like they're not trying to be the prettiest team. All right, we may have to hold off here. Really Don't quick. hear Jim, but we'll uh, do what Since we can. Since Jim's not here, I'll give out one well, I'm more sure play. I'm sure he's there. Let's be honest. We know he's <laughs> I'm here. 
Probably, uh, it's good, Trista. Real good. Go, go, go. Like, jump into the double dutch. We go, got Trista. play. Go, Trista. Time to let the conversation continue. <laughs> All right, so here's an interesting bet that I spent some time thinking about. Uh, Atlanta plays the Lakers, and it, you might think that Atlanta's the wrong side because they are the worst team in the NBA against the spread, 11-35, and 35, literally dead last. Yeah. Anthony Davis is out, though. LeBron James is questionable. He might not go either. Let's do it. But the Lakers are 1-6 against the spread without rest. Atlanta is 4-1 and one against the spread with the rest advantage. So I took Atlanta on the money line, and I took Atlanta minus 6. I don't yeah. know where, where the line ended up. I know it was five and then six, but that's what I got. Yeah. All right, it sounds like we've got Jim now, which too. is good. Flying blind with no monitor working here, but we need that monitor. It is important in case anybody questions that. All right, Jim, let's try this again, buddy. Uh, did Houston's win over Texas tell you anything new about what they are, or did it just kind of reaffirm the team that they are, especially with Kelvin Sampson saying after the game that like, they're not trying to be the prettiest team either, which we kind of already knew, I guess? Yeah, that's on me. Apologies. You're just saying you were a professional and I go and mute my own microphone. So that that's on me. I apologize. Uh, no, I, I, I think I learned a little bit. You know, I thought this team was awesome and, and going to be resilient as a, a Big 12 title threat. What really, like, kind of intrigued me was they got down 54-48 in that game. And it seemed like Texas had sort of taken control in the second half. They'd figured out this Houston defense. And immediately the Cougars answered with three straight threes. Jamal Shedd hit two tough ones, and they got one from Sharp to take the lead, forced a timeout from Texas. And it was just kind of like, all right, we, we know Calvin Sampson teams are tough as nails, but this one might have a little bit of uh, offensive firepower, at least shot-making in big-time situations, enough to get them over the line late. And then in overtime, uh, Javier Francis fouled out, the, the starting center, big-time like 7-5 wingspan. Okay, he's gone. We bring in another guy with a 7-5 wingspan, Jojo Tuglo, the freshman. He has a monster putback dunk to take the lead. He has a big-time defensive rebound on a missed free throw. It just shows that these guys, you know, they, they may not be super deep, but I think that top seven, top eight is really, really good. And, again, the resilience on the road in a tough Big 12 environment it showed me a lot for them. I would be remiss to not bring this team up again because I continue to bring them up since the very, very beginning, Jim. Uh, I actually actually took Xavier against the spread, stupidly, plus 12 just the other day on Sunday. Felt like UConn was the right side, but every single sports book was promoting UConn, minus 11, minus 12, and I said, surely they can't be making me money. I have to take the other side. They're just a wagon, 99 to 56 to Xavier, a team that usually keeps things pretty close. They're blowing out non-con, but they're also blowing out conference rivals as well. I took them 11 to 1 uh, to win the whole thing. I think I gave it out to you at 20 to 1. This is the best team in the country, are they not? Yeah, I, I think there's still like a regular season argument to be made for Purdue, but given what we've seen in the postseason, what they did and what UConn did last year, I have no qualms with anyone making the UConn's the best team in the country argument. And really, last year they covered every game in the non conference. This year they're doing that in league play, like you said. They, they had some stumbles in Big East last year. Uh, teams kind of figured out, or at least temporarily figured out, how to make Andre Jackson a score, and it, it kind of busted up the UConn offense. They have no such weakness this year. Uh, even in league play, Tristan Newton's not really making shots. I think he's shooting sub-40%, sub-30% from three, and it just doesn't matter. Like, Caravan's automatic from deep. Spencer is one of the toughest competitors and a phenomenal shot maker. You've got Klingon back in there. I think Jeff Borzello tweeted the stat that they gave up 0.34 
points per possession against Xavier when Klingon was on the court. He's just ridiculous as a rim protector. He's mobile. He hit a three against Xavier. That's like the you know happy learned how to putt moment for Klingon. UConn is outstanding. I, I think I'm with you. I fully surrendered. They're probably the number one team. What are your thoughts on Wisconsin right now? Uh, I think this is their highest ranking since 2020. They're number six. They beat Michigan State. Had a couple nice wins. Uh, what do you think their ceiling is so far uh, this season? It's certainly higher than I thought at the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I thought they'd be carried by defense and continuity from last year, and it hasn't been the case. Their, their offense is better than their defense from an efficiency standpoint. A.J. Storr has come in and immediately become an all-conference caliber player, and a lethal wing scorer, something this team didn't have last year. And the, the guy I did not see coming at all was John Blackwell, the freshman. He's been terrific, giving yeah. them another uh, uh, secondary score. Chucky Hepburn has kind of comfortably faded back into being a distributor and a setup guy, which I think you know sets up better for his game and fits their offense better. And you say all that, and they also are still very sound defensively. Greg Gard's a terrific coach on that end. So more and more, uh, I am fearing for my Purdue to win the Big Ten uh, bets, even though they are still a heavy favorite at BetMGM. I just think Wisconsin with three road wins under their belt already, and, and they don't seem to have like the letdown effort type of games, uh, although I, I, I think Nebraska is going to get them this weekend. Uh, I've just been more and more impressed by Wisconsin as the season has gone on, and I think they're a real threat in the postseason because the offense is legit. You know, Jim, since everybody's asking about team ceilings, I'm going to throw one out for you, too. Duke's 3-1 and one in their last four games. These games have kind of felt like struggles, grinded out. Like, it hasn't felt like they've been, you know, the Duke's type, type of teams that we've seen in the past. So, I'll throw out another ceiling question for you. What's the ceiling for the Blue Devils this year? Well, this is my preseason team, so I'm, I'm hoping it's a preseason number one team. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. I'm hoping the ceiling is still mega high. Um I think given what we've seen from Proctor over the last few games, they're maybe starting to access it. Uh, and I, I think that was always you know, going to take a little bit of time. He wasn't going to be the immediate All-American that, that some people thought coming into the year. Uh, I will confess I took them 15-1 in the offseason last year. I added a little bit at 28-1 recently. Just It was too good of a price for me. I still think Filipowski is a top five player in the country. Really tough to stop with his inside-out game. Their freshman wings are starting to come along. Jared McCain seems to be making everything in ACC play. And again, if Proctor starts to be a little more aggressive, maybe get some confidence from that uh, you know, game-winning free throws against Clemson at home. He had a couple of big buckets down the stretch yesterday against Virginia Tech to seal it. That team starts to look really, really good uh, because they defend under Shire, and now the offensive pecking order is starting to figure itself out. I think their worst efforts recently have been shorthanded when, when Mitchell was out or Roach was out or back when Proctor sprained his ankle right away against Georgia Tech and missed the game. Uh, full strength, the ceiling still remains really, really high for Duke. You mentioned Kyle Filipowski. He's the only underclassman on the late-season top 20 list for the Wooden Award. Do you think that means that the upperclassmen are just stacked or that there's not a lot of impactful freshmen and sophomore sophomores in, in college basketball right now? I'd say both, definitely. Um, there's a lot of upperclassmen back that wouldn't have come back in the past because of NIL money and uh, the NBA just not really valuing a Zach Eady or Hunter Dickinson, you know, some of these bigs that maybe can't defend the way that you need to uh, in the professional level. And I also, I don't think this freshman class is all that good. Um, I think that was sort of the sentiment coming in. 
And then you had a guy like Ron Holland go to the G League. He was, you know, maybe one of the best three or four recruits in the country. And it's just, you know, Collier, of course, has been hurt at USC, a potential top three pick. It Between this class being a little bit down and, and some of the key guys not even being in college and contributing right now, it does make sense, I think, uh, that the upperclassmen have carried the way in terms of the best players in college basketball this season. We got a bunch of games already underway right now. Anything that you like that's coming up still uh, on tap tonight? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Clemson fan tonight. I know they they dropped that tough one uh, on the road at Duke, and they're kind of been reeling. But I think it's a perfect get right home game when you got Louisville coming to town, who has been just kind of a, a joke of a program over the last two years. Apologies to Cardinals fans, but. Clemson, I think they know they need to get right here. They haven't shot the ball all that well in league play. This feels like the true get right type of game, laying 15 and a half, 16. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable doing that with Clemson against Louisville, given the spot coming off that tough loss and needing a bounce back. And uh, again, the opponent just not really being able to measure up to a team of this quality. We probably won't see the same uh, three-point shooting Iowa State had against Kansas necessarily, but can they at least ride that momentum, you think, with the way they've been playing into Baylor this weekend and get a win there? Yeah, I, I, just, I, I tend to go towards Iowa State at home. I think people made a, you know, a, a big deal of it before the Kansas game, and appropriately so, that they were like 11-1 against the spread uh, at home in Ames. I know Kansas might have backdoored some people with a late three there and uh, probably burned some tickets, but... Uh, I think Baylor back home there, Iowa State headed on the road. I would go towards the Bears. I know they had that the 3 OT crusher over the weekend, uh, and people were fading TCU because of that tonight. I think fading people off of three overtimes makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, I would go towards uh, Baylor. It's just Iowa State on the road, not the same kind of team. How concerning is it to you uh, just looking at Kansas's defense since they got into league play? Because that's 26 threes they've given up now to West Virginia and then Iowa State too. Yeah, it's it's a problem. And it, you know, I don't think anybody thought it was going to be coming into the year because Dewan Harris, K.J. Adams, and Kevin McCuller are all like top five defenders at their positions, I think, uh, in terms of ball pressure and switchability for McCuller and Adams, just intelligence but they're playing with Hunter Dickinson and teams are just putting him in endless streams of ball screens, making him defend in space, forcing Kansas into rotations. And of course they got a little bit of bad luck with how hot Iowa State and West Virginia were. But I think part of that is the quality of shots the teams are getting against Kansas. And they can't not play Dickinson because they only really have five good players right now. And one of them is him and one of them is Furphy, a freshman that I don't think has given them a lot defensively either. So it's a it's a conundrum. Bill Self doesn't have a lot of lineups that are good on both ends of the floor right now. They've played, I think, the other than Iowa State, the three bottom teams in the league on the road, Oklahoma State, UCF, West Virginia, and they went one and two in those games, now one and three on the road when you add Iowa State. They've got some real issues to sort out that I don't even think were the issues everybody was concerned about, like the depth, the, the perimeter shooting. It's defense for them that's really turning up to be a, a sore spot and an Achilles heel. Hey, we got about 30 seconds. I'm watching South Carolina compete with Tennessee. Like, they're all, they're 53rd in Ken Palm. You think South Carolina can make a little run? 
Yeah, I do. I, I think they're set up. Uh, they're tough to defend because they can invert the floor. BJ Max like a stretch five. He came in from Wofford and 6'8", 270 pounds really makes it tough to figure them out. Uh, and their guards have been a lot better than I anticipated. Michi Johnson's a star. It'd be a heck of a win if they get one in Knoxville tonight. Jim Root, three-man weave, field of 68. Great to talk to you again, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. 33 all South Carolina and Tennessee in the second half here. Man. Ooh, it's fun. I know. They're 14-point dogs. I just, you know what? College basketball, it's like the NBA, but on steroids. It's Pet MGM tonight. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Early 18-12 lead for the Celtics over the Pacers. I really was looking forward to this game tonight, too. Yeah, I mean, me too. And seeing Halliburton back out there again. What do you guys think of these Pacers uniforms? Hate them. Hate them. Yeah, they're... they're you know what? When Nike, it's the Jazz. When Nike first started doing the City Edition, like the first couple of years, I felt like they nailed a good portion of them. They Not did. every one of them is going to be good. Now it's like they've run out of ideas, and they just sit in a room, everybody smokes a bunch of weed, gets real high, and Hell comes yeah. up with or really like, stupid decisions on like, these. They're like, bring your 8-year-olds to <laughs> yeah. the boardroom today. There's like paint splattered on the side, and it just looks. And you guys can decide. Yeah. How old are you? I'm four years old. And it's like, all right, well, you get to design the Indiana Pacers jersey. Thank with you. Shock. I want to have colors on it, and it's going to look like paint. Yeah, just indie. <laughs> you can't even spell Pacers or Indianapolis. It's just wild. Yeah. So I yeah, not not a big fan of them at all, guys. But. We got my Knicks tonight. Yeah, Longest buddy. winning streak in the NBA. You know what's going to ease my pain, Ryan? They must go down I know you tonight. faded. I know you faded my Knicks, and that's fine. Trista's on yeah. my side tonight. She's got her Knicks jacket on. We're good. We're on the same team. Couldn't see one it team, if I one wanted. dream over here with us two tonight with the Knicks. The Knicks are on a seven-game win streak, best in the NBA. So you know what's going to make me forget about Ben Johnson and that jackass and him deciding last minute doesn't want to be a head coach this year. And Dante Divincenzo. Dante Divincenzo going off again, Divincenzo. man. I knew it. I knew it. He's a, hey, man. He had a night. The other Night, yeah, he did. Too. 28 points, 5 of 15 from 3, which yeah. maybe took a few too many, but you know, still... Uh, you I, said I he's mean, 5 for 20? He was 5 of 15 from oh, 3 goodness. against the Hornets, yeah. I mean, he took a ton of shots, but you know... The like, volume was there. The one thing the one thing I'll say about this Knicks team is it went, now that they've got... You know, they've had multiple guys obviously sit out of games, right? Injuries, Julius Randle, the big one, obviously yeah. OG missed the game last... They've got depth. They've got players that are going to step up in these positions like a Josh Hart, like a Dante DiVincenzo, that's a sign of culture. And it takes a long time for an organization to erase bad culture and then build good culture. But Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau have been able to do that in New York. So it shows you that any team can do that. But you're not going to be a consistent winner until you build good culture within the building. That's what makes people like Ben Johnson want to stay. That's what makes, you know... Uh, the, the Chiefs, a team that you can't count out every single year. Culture matters because it's a mindset that everybody in that building has and everybody's on the same page and they got the same goals. And, you, you know, you're starting to see it. And it, it, it matters what you have in the front office and it matters who you have. That's kind of extending that onto the court, onto the field, whatever, like a, a, a Jalen Brunson or somebody like that. Yeah, man. If you don't have all the pieces in the front office, it doesn't matter how good your players are. They're going to end up 
like the commanders in their do-rags at the locker room being like, yeah, I'm not sure these guys want to win here. Yeah. Feels like things are going off the rails. I think first things first with the commanders, they got to change the name. You got to go back to football team. <laughs> That's how you attract the free agents. I hate that name so much. No, me too. So much. But it's, it's better than commanders. It really is. But you'll never have a name that everybody likes. It just doesn't. Like... Do we have to have it like be somewhat similar? It feels like they were like, well, how can we kind of have it in the same vein as the Redskins? Like, we're oh, going like to have it like... Red Wings. Yeah. Well, not Red Wings, but it was uh, the Red Hawks. Yeah, or the, the Red Hawks. Red or... Wolves. Red, everybody loved Red Wolves. I yeah. would have been fine with it. I, You know, I, I think they wanted to just completely go away from it. But again, now you've got a whole new group of people. Listen, here's the one thing that I, I really love. And again, we're talking about culture with organizations. Magic Johnson brings something to Washington that is... Something not even close to what they've had, right? It's it, he brings that Showtime Lakers mindset. He brings that making it an event, making it a thing that's fun for fans to go to. Like all yeah. that stuff really comes together. That's how you get get great players. That's how you get guys in free agency. That's how you get the best head coaching candidates. Except Ben Johnson, screw you. But you know, now the Knicks are a team that we look at it. We take them seriously when you watch them. It's hard to choose a name. It really is. It, it, it is. There were some better. There were definitely better names out there. I don't think there's any question about it. But what I've always said that is, if you win, nobody gives a damn about the name because it's synonymous with winning. That's yep. it, right? Like, think about some of the names we have in sports. Really, Knicks. They're named after pants. The New York Knicks <laughs> are named after pants. Think about this. The Green Bay Packers are named after guys putting stuff in a box, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. like think about some of these names. The Lakers. Was from Minneapolis. There are no lakes, really, and well, there's maybe something around there. Man-made, you know, like a lot of these organizations' names don't make any sense. In the end, it's just about winning, and then you hear that name, and all you think about is that team, not like what the name means. Honestly, and I know this is bad because it would never happen in football. It's much more of a basketball name, and it's already being used for the G League. But like. The Go-Go's for DC is sick. <laughs> it's it's like, a good it's name. Sick, yeah. Considering that that's such What's the other sauce? The Mumbo sauce? Mumbo the Washington sauce. Mumbos would be yeah. kind of dope. Too. <laughs> yeah. Those are very DC yeah. items and staple in yeah. culture. Yeah. And that's what you had from the Jazz when it was where New Orleans or wherever where, where was the Jazz before New Orleans, right? Yeah. 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 When you have names that actually connect to the city that you came from, when it was the Minneapolis Lakers, you know, when it was, you know, all the, the, the jazz in New Orleans. Like, that's what you should be doing is finding names besides political names because everyone hates that about D.C. Right. And find something that people like about D.C. I think the goal was to yeah. make it kind of military-like, yeah, but and it's that's just kinda, not. I don't like that. I don't you know. know I mean? It just doesn't work. It just sounds too lazy. I, and I get it. I've never defended the name, but I'm also not, like, up in arms about it. It's like, right. let's find something similar to the Redskins, but, like, white. Right. Like, like power. The Washington like, traffic jam. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? The Washington car jam. Yeah. What is it that you said today? Ben Johnson didn't want to come to D.C. because of the traffic? I think that was fair. The traffic, no Italian beef, no Pertillo. The red lights. No John How about this? The Washington no red lights. Yeah. Because that's all you get. Oh, my get. gosh. I know. <laughs> the red light by my house. Scott took me home one time. The red light by my house, I sit there every night for like 15 minutes. I can watch half an episode of Friends, and I get it every single time. Sometimes. Is there a camera? No, and you know what I do a lot? Is, is I blow it. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
But I know my luck. You know what happens. They're going to put a camera There's in. like a drone or something, and here comes RoboCop. They don't have any drones. That's not uh, It's that's coming not a soon enough. You'll be, well, maybe, maybe. There's a couple of things I have to complain about in this world, right? All right, let's hear it. AI, not Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. my poker buddy, yeah. my roulette buddy. I thought that was uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah, he's my poker buddy. He yeah. just doesn't know it yet. We just sat at the table one time. He didn't even acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. AI, mm-hmm. robots, mm-hmm. and actually that's pretty much it. Okay. But we, we got to not too bad. We got to do without AI, especially. Oh, okay. And then robots. tell you this, but it ain't going anywhere. Robot. I mean, it's, it's bad enough we have the uh, 11-foot aliens just roaming around, just going to the Miami Mall, you know? <laughs> like, hey, you guys got the flu games? No? All right, we're out of here. Like, imagine the aliens just wait. How crazy was that, though? What Which are you talking part, about? You guys didn't that see they this? Found, they, they said there was something Hold about on. aliens, Hold on. Right? This is like three weeks old now. Yeah, it is. All right. Every unit, every squad car in Miami, pretty much, surrounded the mall, right? Because they thought there was these 11-foot aliens. That's not what they thought. They claimed that there was, like, shots fired. But it went viral because everybody said that there were 11-foot aliens. There was something in Vegas, I remember, about that, too. Where it's the like co- Fargo. That was in somebody's one. backyard. The backyard. Yeah. I saw yeah. that one. Or Fargo season two, I mean, actually. Imagine they just wait. They just pick the right moment, and then they just drop in, and they're like, all right, the 12s are here. The flu games are here. Because why the hell would they go to the Miami Mall, you know? I don't know. Or the aliens are sitting there see that. watching us. Me and Nick are are aligned. We're not watching the news. Me and Nick have I'm decided. A, yeah. We have opted out because clearly that's the reason we don't know. You didn't, I, I didn't see it on the news. I saw it on the uh, on the X. On X, the go X. give it to you. I mean, if it pops I'm up, it's there. It, I, yeah. I follow lots of different news organizations just to see it, but I know everybody's giving searching. me a partial truth. Yeah. It's on when I'm at the gym. I don't watch the news anymore. I learned during the pandemic, stop watching it. And I did. It's just not good for your mental health. I'm over it, and everybody's lying. So I just, They're real. I just can't deal with it anymore. Aliens are real but they better not be 11 feet especially like us you know like under six three kings yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have 11 foot aliens walking oh, around God. right like look at the league nowadays look at the nfl nowadays like penny sewell uh, offensive linemen shouldn't move like this we, we can't no. have we can't have uh extraterrestrials by the way, just by the way that's an town. oregon duck for you quack quack that that is very true and you know what like nick bosa that that's a genetic freak right there. so now okay so 11 foot aliens look, look ryan utah uh, 15 to 6 i knew yeah it. yeah but I, you know yeah. my theory i want them down yeah. actually right now yeah but the knicks aren't at full strength right now either so that's part of the problem is like you don't have julius randall out there at least regular season julius randall's gonna get you buckets. Not he's not out there no either. he's out tonight yeah he's out oh, so they ruled him out yeah. last minute too. yeah him and yeah. julius randall i ut guys i can't tell you how much i'm going to miss the nfl when we start having to deal with things like that last minute scratches in the it's nba terrible. it's still going on and it's not it's not going to stop the nfl is giving it like right oh. now oh man dante DiVincenzo just tried to Catch a body. Was that on John Collins? Oh, yeah. He tried to dunk right on John Collins. John the Baptist. You know, I I right now have just bet so many Super Bowl props because I know, well, one, we should be betting them early because these numbers are already skyrocketing. Like we talked to Patrick Everson yesterday. Okay. Going to be the most bet Super Bowl of all time. Some of it's just numbers, right? More states are making it legal. It's just it's how it's going to go. But these numbers are going to get bet up, like, astronomically. Like, we're going to see crazy numbers. Like, I bet... That Christian McCaffrey's rushing plus receiving will go over 140. I think it's at like 132, 133, somewhere in the now. That thing's going to go over 140 because people are going to start betting up all these stars, Damn. and those numbers are going to go through the roof. So I can't stress enough to anybody. If you have props you like, bet them now. Get that right before it's, uh, it gets to the point where it's a number way too high, and then take your unders right before If you game. like that for McCaffrey, why don't you just bet him Super Bowl MVP? Not yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, if he's oh, going absolutely. over a buck 50. Yeah. 
Which we don't get the same price now, plus four fifty. But you know, it, it's yeah, still it, it's it's true. It's in a situation here where it's just like you. It, it's gonna just it's gonna get harder and harder on the you know when it comes to the Super Bowl every yeah. year to just, because the money's just gonna be all over the place. I told my wife, I said, pack your bags, and she said, why are we going on a vacation? And I said, nope, we are moving away from this hellhole, and we are heading to Henderson, Nevada. Maybe, or maybe the islands, because uh, we got a guaranteed winner. And we don't use the term locks around here. Because, no, we don't. you know, this said player could always just blow out his knee on the kickoff or on the first play of the game. But Kyle Juszczyk, to have a reception and to have one receiving yard in this game, even money, ooh, that's my favorite bet if, of the Super Bowl, guys. If I, um, if I didn't get screwed on that last year, I forget what game it was. I think it was one of the playoff games where I had Juszczyk – I had some use check props, and I got absolutely screwed. Went over I, last week. You see the toe? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I catch. Yeah. He could have gotten into the end zone. He almost look, did. Look at my Randy Moss. I know. Uh, nine to one. Ten to one. Some shops. Eleven to one. Some shops. Take that biggest number you possibly can. Don't forget, to we are going to be on site in Vegas for the big game with the BetQL Network. We're going to be at the BetMGM Sportsbook at Mandalay Bay. If you're going to be out there, come swing by. Come say hi. We're going to have guests walking up. Patrick Everson will even be on set. We already committed to that. Probably going to be a lot more, but we love Patrick. Can't wait to see him in person. It's weird when you do this, and we have all these people, you know, as guests on video. And you don't actually meet him in person until so you go to something yeah. like the Super Bowl. But, you know, getting out of there. the studio sometimes needed. Oh, isn't it kind of nice? Yeah, sometimes it's very much needed. There's a bee in my ear right now still, and I can't figure out where that bee came. It's just buzzing there over and over and over again. Can't wait to get to Vegas next week. Oh, man. Maybe things will work. Uh, you know what? I think that that's a good idea. That's, that's a very, very real possibility. 1816, Lakers over the Hawks. It's Bed MGM the night.